There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the overthrow of the Hawaiian kingdom. Here's what you need to know. At least 800 years ago, Polynesians from the Marquesas Islands arrived on Hawaiian land, having voyaged in canoes for nearly 2,000 miles across the ocean. In ancient Hawaii, the islands were individual kingdoms run by Ali Nui, the king. After British explorer James Cook landed in Hawaii in the late 1770s, the ruler of the Hawaii island, Kamehameha the Great, waged a campaign with the assistance of European advisors and weapons to unite the islands. In 1810, Kamehameha became the first king of the Hawaiian kingdom, transforming the islands into an independent constitutional monarchy. Europeans continued to visit regularly, 
bringing with them unfamiliar diseases that devastated the native Hawaiian populations. Soon, the first American missionaries arrived in Hawaii, not only converting Hawaiians to Christianity, but establishing themselves as the powerful elite on the island. Their sons and grandsons went into the sugarcane business, buying up land to establish lucrative plantations. The sugar industry propelled Hawaii's economy, and as a result, plantation owners recruited contract laborers from China, Japan, the Philippines, and Portugal. By the 1880s, the white business class held most of the economic power in the islands, not only the plantations, but also the churches, the schools, and many other cultural institutions. Not only was Hawaii supplying America's sugar production, the United States had negotiated a lease of Pearl Harbor in order to build a major naval base. In 1887, an armed militia composed of white military officers and white businessmen held King Kalakaua at gunpoint and demanded he sign the Bayonet Constitution. The new law of the land not only stripped the monarch of his authority, but also severely disenfranchised Native Hawaiians as well as Asian immigrants. The right to vote was now determined by wealth and land ownership. When King Kalakaua passed away, his sister, Lili Uokalani, took the throne in 1891. Queen Lili Uokalani was determined to restore the power of the monarchy and the voting rights of her people. Threatened by her mission, a group of white businessmen organized a plot to strip her monarch authority for their own financial and political gains. Lili Uokalani and her supporters formed the Committee of Law and Order and met at the Palace Square on January 16, 1893. Meanwhile, the white anti-monarchists, calling themselves the Committee of Safety, made their plans for a coup d'etat. Most of the insurgents were American and European citizens who were also kingdom subjects, such as legislators, government officers, and a justice of the Hawaiian Supreme Court. U.S. diplomat John Stevens organized Marines from the USS Boston, and two companies of U.S. sailors marched onto Hawaiian soil under the guise of, quote, protecting American interest. Wielding guns and cannons, the Marines surrounded the Queen's Palace. Avoiding any bloodshed, the last sovereign monarch of the Hawaiian Kingdom ordered her royal guard to surrender, and the coup leaders declared the monarchy abolished, established martial law, and hoisted the American flag over the palace. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats In 1855, the island produced about 240 tons of sugar per year. By 1890, the island's sugar yield had skyrocketed to 129,000 tons per year. Lili Uokalani was the only queen regnant and the last sovereign monarch of the Hawaiian kingdom. According to the Pew Research Center, 683,000 native Hawaiians were living on the island in 1778 when European settlers first arrived. Due to the spread of European diseases, by 1890, the native Hawaiian population had declined by 94%. According to the Hawaiian Kingdom 1890 census, 
only three years before its overthrow, Native Hawaiians made up approximately 45% of the population. White citizens made up less than 2% of the population. White non-citizen foreigners made up an additional 5% of the population. Japanese, Chinese, and Portuguese laborers and foreigners made up around 47% of the population. Today, according to the 2020 census, those who identify as Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander alone make up an estimated 10.8% of the state's population. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. And fact checker Chris Smith. Hi there. And it's the three of us. That's right. Mm. <laughs> um, our Clayton. Family. Yeah. You are our guest today. Oh. oh. Just oh I, 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 I had two <laughs> options, you. and I, I remembered last time Chris was our guest. And so today you're ours. And Thank you for having me. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. It's nice to finally meet you. Is there yeah. a podcast you want to promote, like The Alarmist? <laughs> yes. I, I'm working on this great podcast called The Alarmist. You guys should all check it out. It's really good, anxiety-inducing fun. Good. Oh, good. That sounds great. Congrats. Um, <laughs> and so... You know, just to keep the tradition alive, mm-hmm. what's something that's recently alarming you? What's keeping you up up at night? Mm. Mm. Um, I will be totally honest with you. Ever since we were talking about Gwen Shamblin mm-hmm. and this notion of uh, Christian supremacy, mm-hmm. I've been thinking about the starting kind a of, religion yeah <laughs> okay how uh-huh. the power of religion really mm-hmm. so i really should start okay. a religion because okay. i can do whatever i want <laughs> that's kind of my point actually it seems really scary that when you're kind of trying to when someone is pursuing an agenda that is based on what they think is like ordained from god right how do you argue with that mm. like it doesn't seem like they're like if you're like, I understand that this is like a belief of yours and that this is like something that you want to pursue, but like it's literally treading on my bodily rights or my civil right. liberties. And they're like, well, yeah, but God. And you're <laughs> like, but yeah, no. But, you, but that's what you believe, right? <laughs> I don't necessarily believe that. So like how, what, where can we find a compromise here? Because I'm, and, and how convenient for them to be like, you can't check in with God and be like, oh, so, hey, God, is this is what they're saying. Is this what you mean? Right, right. You can't double check. <laughs> you can't double check. <laughs> you just have to take their word, which is what they believe based on what some guys wrote thousands yeah. of years ago, that that is the like, it is, you know, a greater power, a greater thing. Right. And you're just like, kind of have to be like, so I feel like I'm just like thinking about like actual things that are happening in the country, like laws that are being passed that affect like our everyday lives and yes. like the kind of like the fear of oh god like what do we do if you you're arguing with someone who's just like pursuing something based on a, a belief or so, or they're just riling up their base to pursue their own agenda but like it's all based on like belief not like anything tangible you're having the arguments in your head right yeah. now before they happen mm-hmm. like in preparation and i get that i don't yeah. know i don't know what the call is yeah <laughs> uh if anyone out there does, <laughs> please write in. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know how to how to argue, but 
Someone, someone had a good, I saw something recently. Someone was like, you know, people who are pursuing some of these agendas, like when they get what they want, it's like, are you actually any happier? Like, are you making more money? Are you able to afford a house? Do you now have universal health care? Yeah, what's your like, quality of life like? like? Is, is yeah. it actually improving or are you just like pursuing this thing that like is anti somebody else, but not like your own platform of like, Oh God, that's scary. Yeah. yeah. The idea of anyway. getting what you want. right it's all become a big game this american experiment it's just like who's gonna win and that's a perfect transition Mm. who's gonna win into this episode um we we were briefly talking uh before we started about just like what a classic story this is how many times have we heard this kind of yeah. Uh, just land grab kind right. of uh, mm-hmm. situation. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. What's interesting is that, well, it's not interesting. It's 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 just so classic. It's it's really not interesting in that way. Um, classic human. Yeah, they they're just like we see dollar signs. We want to take advantage. We see something. We want it. We take it. Yeah. So uh, let's jump right in. And uh, and also, we're going to bring you disease. And so. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, it, you don't. You, that's the gift. That's just, the host gift. Yeah. <laughs> and that, like that will help us. When we come over to Clayton and Mike's house and they have dinner for us. And they, it's like, you know. They you have guys usually drink, bring some cholera. We bring a bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's basically all. Uh, just a little smallpox on the yes. side. Yeah, here Thank you, go. you. Oh, that's so nice. Oh my God. So nice. Yeah. Just rub that on your face. And, and you know what? If you die from the smallpox, your house is mine. Yeah. God. Actually, it's mine now. I'm taking this. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I just kind of wanted to start off by reading the, the and talking about the Queen's Surrender. Um, this happened uh, January 16. Hawaiian Marshal Charles B. Wilson attempted to arrest the committee members and declare martial law. But his attempts were turned down by other government officials who feared violence. The next day, after a police officer was shot and wounded, trying to halt the distribution of weapons to the Committee of Safety's militia, the committee decided to put its coup into action near the Queen's Iolani Palace in Honolulu, the committee's militia gathered and were joined by 162 U.S. Marines and Navy sailors who were ordered by John L. Stevens, U.S. Minister to Hawaii, to protect the committee. The Queen surrendered peacefully to avoid violence. And uh, this was her conditional surrender, essentially. I... Mm. Lili Uo Kalani, by the grace of God and under the constitution of the Hawaiian kingdom, queen, do hereby solemnly protest against any and all acts done against myself and the constitutional government of the Hawaiian kingdom by certain persons claiming to have established a provisional government of and for this kingdom. So they're just claiming. They yeah. S- okay. They're now, like, we're doing this for you. Like, this is for your safety. Like... It's just like showing up somewhere and starting a government. We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We do you see us? Right. We're not invisible. It's like if you guys came to my house for dinner and then halfway through, you're like, so we're not leaving. And I'm like, okay, well, 
I guess I'll leave the house, but I'm doing this letting you know that I still think this is my house because it literally is. Yes. Yeah, we're like, okay, bye. bye. You're like, okay, and but then you I live your here. bayonet at me and yeah. I walk away. <laughs> Just, but and essentially like sign this paper, it's mine now. Sign it, Clayton. It's my house at, now. At gunpoint. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she goes on now to avoid any collision of armed forces and perhaps the loss of life. I do under this protest and impelled by said force yield my authority until such time as the government of the United Sta- States shall upon the facts being presented to it, undo the action of its representatives and reinstate me in the authority, which I claim is the constitutional sought as the constitutional sovereign of the Hawaiian islands. So she's like, okay, you guys are crazy. I don't mm-hmm. want anyone to die. Mm-hmm. because of your uh you know your upheaval right now right right you're obvious you guys are obviously upset yes you guys are upset <laughs> we're, we're peaceful people you guys are crazy white dudes with a bunch of guns yes <laughs> I, I, we're gonna we're gonna put this just to rest for right now so that nobody dies but when the united states like takes a look at what's been done here they're obviously gonna be on my side and they're right, gonna right. make me the queen back because this is right wild and sh- this is unjust and it's so civil yeah. on her part right yes. to be like so listen like you guys seem a little like irrational or like heated right now but like once we like sit down like with the government of the united states and you guys talk to my people like we'll be able to figure this out there's maybe just like a misunderstanding t- assuming that the u.s government is going to play fair right D- they're going to be rational right and just. Gonna be, oh you're right yeah we don't want this land so you have it back <laughs> That's like when in baseball, the manager says we're playing under protest if he feels that one of the umpires made the wrong call. Like Mm. they'll do this thing where they make this statement like we're playing this game under protest. And it's like, we do not concede that that this was fair. Um, So even if they lose, they're like, we don't. Well, they can review it, right? Yeah, there's like, I don't know what the procedure is after that. And I think it's really rare for a game to be, say, overturned or whatever. Mm. I would have to look into that as Mm. the fact checker. But uh, that's that's what she's like. I'm leaving. But just so you know. This is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> well, bullshit. It, it was even more than that. It's like, this is going to be reviewed and this is going to, you're yeah. going to give it back to me. Yeah, like, I'm confident this. about that, that this, what you're doing is wrong and this belongs to me. That's what, yeah. Like I, I would leave my house. I would go get like the authorities <laughs> come back and they would be like, oh, clearly this is a deed that has Clayton's name on yes. it to this mm-hmm. house. And, and then, then but what if the authorities, the authorities are like, oh no, my, actually I think it's Chris and Rebecca's house. The authorities yeah, are like, like yeah. my brother, Steve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The authorities are your family. <laughs> All your, and they're like, no, we like this place. So actually it is not your house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. This oh, God. is, it's wild. How is this happening? Um, so let's start off by putting up the U.S. government on the board. Okay. Um, this is according to the United States House of Representative. Um, on June 15, 1898, the House approved Senate Joint Resolution 55 providing for the annexation of Hawaii as an American territory. By considering Hawaii uh, Hawaiian annexation as a joint resolution requiring a simple majority vote rather than a treaty requiring two-thirds approval, backers of the measure considerably lowered the threshold for its approval in, on Capitol Hill. On April 23rd, 1900, Hawaii officially became the territory a territory with Robert Wilcox serving as its first delegate. In 1959, Hawaii officially became the 50th state. And we're going to jump into this whole like 
we'll talk about this annexation and why people wanted the annexation and all of that. Uh, but that's just like what ge- a background of what generally mm-hmm. happened, right. what we all kind of know happened, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so U.S. government up on the board for reasons that are obvious. Let's also put sugar up yeah, on the board. Yeah, let's talk about sugar. This is according to Hawaii Nation. Sugar and a coerced constitution played roles in the drama intertwined themes of economics and politics. Sugar was by far the principal support of the islands and profits and prosperity hinged on favorable treaties with the United States. Hawaiian's sugar chief market creating powerful economic ties. As the island's sugar industry grew, large numbers of contract laborers were imported first from China, then from Japan and other countries to work on the plantations. The beginning of Hawaii's present multicultural population plantation ownership and control of the business community were in the hands of men of american or european blood so it's interesting how they put it here where it's themes of economics and politics sort of intertwining because you know if you just if you just uh, unfocus your eyes a little bit it's like the economics are what forms the policies right it's like the economics the economics are what where american interest Mm -hmm. why they're there yeah like that's why they're there yeah Mm -hmm. well it's a you know you got to think about like what was happening in our country at the time which was we had just gone through the civil war right Mm -hmm. um they Hawaii wasn't a state and so didn't have to abide by U.S. laws, right? Right. So they could have plantations over there. Essentially, they could have, um, you know, all of these workers uh, who would come and, and, you know, they were working under terrible conditions, not being paid much, um, and they could make a large profit over in that island i mean the americans america knew how profitable these countries that are sort of close by i mean what happened in the caribbean was the same way same thing yeah so it's just like we can't do it in our country anymore so let's go do it in other countries right well and also too i'm imagine you know like it's strategic as in terms of just like geographically it's like oh it'd be nice to have some American people on that little land close to the other big continent that's across the ocean. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, that as well, which we'll talk about that because that was the Spanish American war, which kind of led to that. Um, but yeah, what, what, what you guys are saying is, is right in that it was all about sugar. It was all about money and something that they did that was really tricky with that by, uh, sorry, the bayonet constitution, mm-hmm. um, w- uh, which, uh, her brother, uh, the queen's brother had signed like mm-hmm. literally at gunpoint um, was that they said that only landowners could, could vote. Right. So first of all, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. it's, and you're, Bias. you're taking, so like also not only the, the, the people who were there first, right. Who might not see land ownership in the same way, way as americans do right it's like oh this is all of our land right um or or i'm just renting this land while i live on it there's no such thing as ownership right Mm -hmm. 
So there's that, right? So there's a difference in in, an idea of how you view ownership. And on top of that, you also have all of these workers who probably don't know how to read um, and who are very poor and who definitely don't own land and they're not allowed to vote. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, and you kind of made like you they came in gobbled up all the land and then made the rules that were like completely in their favor. Yeah. Like we're not starting from a level playing field here. It's just like it's all based on Mm self-interest. You structure it in a way that benefits you so that you maintain the ownership or the power or whatever it is that you're after. We just go, you want to call this good old fashioned like colonialism or (laughs) colonialism. I'm going to put capitalism on the board. Mm -hmm. Capitalism on the board. I also want to put up the McKinley tariff. Um, so this was in 198, sorry, 1890. The United States Congress approved the McKinley Tariff, which raised import rates on sh- foreign sugar. This had an alarming effect on the sugar planters in Hawaii, who, as a direct result of the McKinley Tariff, were being undersold in the American market. The tariff raised the average duty on imports to almost 50 percent, an increase designed to protect domestic industries and workers for from foreign competition. This is so fucked. And this is basically the same thing that's happening in Puerto Rico. When we were there and we were talking to your cousin, they make it really expensive to trade globally. And America, because we have this power, we can control the market mm-hmm. in the area. And we make it sort of like a fate accompli. It's like you will eventually want to be a part of our economic system because we will make it so hard for you to exist outside of us. Yeah. And, and the, I mean, in Puerto Rico, they're, they're paying taxes for the stuff that they're getting in, right? Even right. though they're a territory, they still have to pay taxes on their imports, right? Um, but, it, it, and in this case, it was, uh, the United States was, charging uh the tax for the import that hawaii was giving to them so the hawaiian farmers and the sugar um owners uh sugar plantation owners wanted to be all of a sudden be annexed so they wanted to be a part of it because their main industry was getting squeezed yes exactly Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they're like oh i now all of a sudden i i have an interest in Right. In this uh, nation. Yep. Cool, cool. Um, (laughs) It's just like, you know what it is? It's like so glaringly obvious. Yeah. But then you wrap it up in like a bunch of like, you know, paperwork and legal terms. And no, this is about business. It's like, no, it's about money. And at the end of it, what you have is, and I don't want to skip to the ending, but... You have these nations which have their own identity and culture, mm-hmm. language, what, so forth. Um, you know, and, and and they're getting overtaken by this larger economic mm-hmm. system. And what ends up being the culture now is just money. Like mm. money is the culture. Ooh, let's put that culture of money. I think yeah, that's called capitalism. I like that. But yeah. I like just putting phrasing it that way. I feel like there's nuances in culture of money that mm-hmm. we could talk about. Now, I also want to put up. There's a bunch of stuff we have to put up. The Hawaiian League. 
This is according to National Geographic. On July 6, 1887, King David Kalakaua signed a new constitution for the Kingdom of Hawaii. Kalakaua signed the law at gunpoint, which led to the document being nicknamed the Bayonet Constitution. The guns surrounding Kalakaua on that fateful day belonged to members of the militia, nicknamed the Honolulu Rifles, <laughs> made up largely of white settlers. Mm. Uh, what a nickname. Mm-hmm. The Honolulu Rifles were affiliated with a group called the Hawaiian League, a group of mostly non-Hawaiians, which drafted a new constitution to transfer power from the monarchy to the more settler-friendly legislature. The document also granted suffrage to foreigners, generally Americans and Europeans, by linking the right to vote with property ownership. The leader of the Hawaiian League, Lauren A. Thurston, was the grandson of one of the first American missionaries to travel to Hawaii. Many other members of the group operated or worked for Hawaii's giant lucrative sugar plantations. So let's put Lauren Thurston while we're at it, (laughs) since we're talking about him. This is uh, according to CSUN Library Archives. Lauren Thurston, the son of American Protestant missionaries, was born and raised in Honolulu, Hawaii. He opened a law practice in Honolulu in 1883. In 1886, Lauren Thurston was elected to the Hawaiian legislature. After taking office, he advocated strongly for government reform. When his advocacy was unsuccessful, he turned to other means, becoming a leader in the 1887 rebellion that forced King Kalakaua to accept a new constitution. Thurston helped to author this new constitution, which limited the power of the monarch and tied both voting rights to property ownership. With other members of the 1887 rebellion, Thurston then organized a coup against Queen Lily Uokalani in January of 1893. Thurston traveled to Washington, D.C. before the monarch's overthrow in 1892 and after it in 1895 to lobby Congress for the annexation of Hawaii. In the end, Thurston's arguments prevailed and the U.S. Congress annexed the island by treaty in 1898. Disenfranchised Hawaiians did not vote on the issue of annexation. No, they had no say over (laughs) whether they wanted... Darn to be annexed mm-hmm. it's so depressing isn't it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it is and it's a uh and it's, it's playing out so right now cons- yeah so consistent <laughs> i feel very it. angered um yeah. by i i also see like a lot of like puerto rico there there's so many similarities here to like puerto rico um and it's just very upsetting <laughs> more the native population of america too uh yeah and- well yeah for sure do you have it playing out right now with like with Russia and Ukraine and when, when Crimea was annexed, like it just like happened, you know, like no one really asked for that. The difference, I guess, right now you're seeing like actual resistance from the Ukrainian people who are like fighting to keep their land versus this different times. We're just like, okay, we're going to just like let this happen with the hopes that like we'll get back to civility at some point yeah. and get our land back. Well, they had no guns. They mm-hmm. were their population when 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 they arrived, I believe their population uh, of the native Hawaiians went down by 50 percent because they they got disease. smallpox. He yeah, had yeah, disease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have a population that's dying. They have no guns, no way of protection. They didn't even have like an army. Right. So what are they going to do? 
it's just so screwed up. Let's put <laughs> Sanford B. Dole up on the board. Okay. Uh, this is according to Britannica. The son of American Protestant missionaries in Hawaii, Dole spent two years in the United States set, studying at Williams College in Williamstown, Massachusetts. He then returned to Hawaii, practiced law in Honolulu, and was twice elected to the Hawaiian legislature. In January 1893, Dole agreed to serve as the leader of the committee, acting for Hawaiian sugar interests and their American allies that was formed to overthrow Queen Liliuokalani. The committee de deposed the queen and installed a provisional government with Dole as president. <laughs> but annexation was blocked when President Grover... This is... Okay, this is wild, you guys. So... He's pre they just put him as president. Okay. Annexation was blocked when President Grover Cleveland withdrew the annexation treaty from the Senate and demanded the restoration of Lili Uokalani to the throne mm. because he was like, what you did was wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Refusing to recognize Cleveland's authority in the matter, the president's authority, Dole and his colleagues established the Republic of Hawaii with Dole as president and continued to seek annexation. Wow. So they just went against the president because it's not a state. Right. They're like, this is. So what are you going to do? Here. Right. We want to do this. So what are you going to do about it? Is this the same Dole who then went on to start the like pineapple? Um, I Dole? believe that it was his brother who started the, the <clears throat> okay. Dole pineapple. Um, I, I mean, they have a whole like yes. farm. Still right? there. Yeah. Still there. Um. I'm sure. So it was it, the the brother is the farmer, um, but I'm sure right. he reaped the benefits of sure. having <laughs> his brother as president. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, hey, bro, um, do you think I can get like fifty pineapples? I I, <laughs> I was gonna say land, a lot of land, <laughs> yeah, to grow my, <laughs> to grow I, my I I love pineapples. Like I just want to grow them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was actually I wanted to say speaking about what you were just saying Rebecca about like it wasn't a territory at the time they're just like ignoring the president right something that I wanted to say based on what Chris was saying earlier too when we were talking about culture of money is like when you go how you just like these they're just eating up these cultures like when mm -hmm. you go to Hawaii it today I was just there in February actually uh -huh. it doesn't feel like America mm -hmm. like no. it feels like a very different country that we're mm -hmm. clearly are just occupying like you know you can go to other states here in like the continental united states and like it kind of just feels like maybe like the, the topography is different you know like there's mm -hmm. a different accent but you're not like oh there's like a really rich culture here that's like hawaii has that in a way right. that we don't have so like <clears throat> I, I don't know what my point is here other than just like well I think it's it's a good point, which is that they have they had such a strong culture, right, and still do, mm -hmm. and that it's they care actually about the language mm -hmm. and customs. Yes, that they make an effort to maintain these these things despite um, having you know lost their autonomy. I right. guess a hundred years ago, it's a very it's it's a unique place, and it's it's very unique in that. It's also like, it, it's weird that it's a state too. Mm -hmm. You go and you're just like, this is so different, but it's also uh, the 50th state. I, I mean, I, I feel the same way about Puerto Rico. Again, I, I know I keep bringing it up, but like you go to Puerto Rico and you're like, this is feels 
different. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not technically a state, but it, you know, it's a territory and it mm-hmm. is. And, but we're all speaking Spanish. It, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess to your point, I don't even know what I'm saying either, but it's acknowledging the difference. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are we doing here? It's just weird. It's so weird. And it's so weird that we don't learn about this at school. It's, it's, I, you know, they don't teach you about how they acquired Hawaii right. in school. No. Because it's definitely a, an don't. embarrassing part of our history. It's it's so clearly wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. But we focus on other aspects of, of the you know of, of that state. Yeah. Like well, just think about the pineapples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't think about what we actually did. <laughs> well, just think like, about it. It's beautiful. Exa- well, there's a, maybe we should put this on the board. Like, Hawaii is breathtaking. Like, can you blame <laughs> That's anyone for blaming. going there? No, <laughs> you're right. But like, when I go to Hawaii, this is it where is. I feel like the intercolonialism of man and me comes out. Mike and I went and we were like, we should just move here. We should buy a place I know. here. I want to own a piece of this. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it, intoxicatingly beautiful. And it, like the energy, like the visually, it's just stunning. So you could see why people would be like, yeah, we should add this to our collection, which is <laughs> collection. terrible. That's you know what wrong. I mean? Our collection of power I and states. I know. I, it's like, look, don't touch or something when you're at the store. Or, right. or maybe not. It's not a store. It's not, it's not a, a store. store. But uh, yes, Again, you're right. It's, it's someone like, else's house. Like it's mistaking <laughs> someone else's house for, for a your store. house. For yours. <laughs> I'll take this. It's, it's mine like, now. Um, look, I want to put up the Committee of Safety up on the board. Um, this is according to the New York Times. The Committee of Safety established a provisional government headed by Mr. Dole. U.S. President uh, Grover Cleveland opposed the provisional government and called for the queen to be restored. But the Committee of Safety established the Republic of Hawaii and refused to cede power. In 1895, Hawaiian royalists began a coup against the Republic, but it did not succeed. Queen Liliuokalani... Uh, was arrested for her alleged role in the coup and convicted of treason while under house arrest. The queen agreed to formally abdicate and dissolve the monarchy. This was uh, after the initial coup. Uh, so who were the committee of safety? When Queen Lily Uokalani made it clear that her wish was to replace the bay- bayonet constitution with one that would restore the powers of the crown, news spread quickly. Okay, so... Just to explain, she, she, her brother dies. She's now the queen. Her brother had signed the bayonet, bayonet constitution. Mm-hmm. And now that she's queen, she's like, okay, that, you know what? That thing he signed, I'm going to restore the monarchy's yeah. power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then everyone, all the white business owners in Hawaii were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you going to do here? Right. They, they start freaking out. Okay. Faced with uncertainty and inspired by Thurston's annexation club, 13 of the most prominent white businessmen in Hawaii formed the Commi- committee of safety in order to promote the views of the annexation club. Over the next few days, they proclaimed a provisional government established to establish law and order. So essentially they were militia. Yeah, uh, that were formed to overthrow the queen, and the fact that they called themselves the Committee of Safety, of safety. the power of brandy. <laughs> oh, right. 
What a like. What are you? Uh, uh, the only the only committee that would go up against us is the committee of violence. Yeah, the committee <laughs> so, of terror and disorder. Because we're the committee of safety. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, what side are you on? So, if you're fighting us, you're the committee of you're the violence violence committee. And yeah, what are they keeping us safe from? This committee, it's like. <laughs> Safe. They're from... keeping uh, dollar. They they're they're protecting dollars. Yeah, oh, actual... they're not signing me up. Yeah, that sounds crazy. good. Yeah, like a I... bank. Yeah, that's good. They're, they were their safety is for the dollars, <laughs> yeah. not people. It's true. <laughs> their own dollars. Good. Um. Uh. Also, I know we have to. We're running out of time here, but I I also want to put up the Spanish American War, like I had mentioned earlier. This is according to Bonnie M. Miller, Bill of Rights Institute. What ultimately tipped the balance in favor of annexation was the Spanish-American War of 1898, immediately after Admiral George Dewey defeated the Spanish fleet in the first major naval engagement of the war, the Battle of Manila Bay in the Philippines, annexationists resubmitted the joint resolution that had been pending since 1897. President McKinley lobbied Congress to pass it. Oh, I'm now realizing the McKinley Tariff... This is in the, he, the guy who passed the McKinley tariff now becomes president. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, okay. President McKinley lobbied Congress to pass it, calling annexation a necessary war measure and claiming the U.S. military would greatly benefit from using Hawaii as a coaling station and naval base in its fight against the Spanish Navy in the Pacific. On June 15, 1980, Eight, eight, sorry, 1898, the House passed the resolution by a, a vote of 209 to 91. Three weeks later, the Senate passed it by vote of 42 to 21. Annexation had finally succeeded, passed by a joint resolution rather than by treaty. In signing the joint resolution, President McKinley did not ask for the consent of the Hawaiian people, nor did he compensate Queen Lily Uokalani in any way. <laughs> Annexation was a critical part of his larger vision to expand U.S. influence overseas. Along with Hawaii, upon uh, victory in the war, McKinley acquired from Spain the nation's first colonial acquisitions, Cuba, Puerto Rico, Guam, and the Philippines. Yikes. So we should put McKinley up on the board yeah. for sure. Because, yes. I mean, his, obviously the tariff and then also uh, he was president during the Right. The it sounded annexation. like Grover Cleveland was not um, for what was happening right. in Hawaii, the way that they were doing it. I don't know if he was against uh, using Hawaii, but he definitely was against the way they were doing it. Right, right. Um. So is there anything else that you guys want to throw up on there? I feel like it's a hefty board, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's take a quick break, and then we'll start knocking things off the list. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Alarmist. Okay, who's to blame for the overthrow of the Hawaiian kingdom? Is it the U.S. government? Sugar? Colonialism? Capitalism? The McKinley Tariff? Culture of Money? The Hawaiian League? Lauren Thurston, Sanford B. Dole, the Committee of Safety, the Spanish-American War, or President McKinley? Hmm, we usually have more, like, joke ones <laughs> <laughs> that we can... <laughs> We're yeah. clearly mad. <laughs> We're not in the mood to joke. It just, like, is so <clears throat> deflating uh, f- reading about this history because, mm-hmm. you know, you're just... You're just like, come on, America, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <sighs> what, are okay. we, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> what are, are we, we doing? doing? Maybe if we say it with a different accent, like an intonation, it, it'll solve it. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? That's what the question. Doing? We're making a podcast. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, what are we doing with this board? Um well, I don't want to blame sugar. Yeah, I just looked at sugar too. Yeah, okay, we'll knock sugar off. Let's fold capitalism into culture of money. Well, culture of money 
is you want to say something, Clayton? No, no, no. (laughs) Culture of money is, you know, I guess that's more like the result of Uh, capitalism. Okay. You know, or capitalist interest and capitalism. To me, it really feels like the lead blocker. You know, pushing mm-hmm. through the defenses, trying like to acquire more ground. Late eighteen hundreds. I just feel like capitalism is hot. Yeah, you got the industrial rev. Yes, and there's expansion just beyond our wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. There are people seeking fortunes. There's a lot of protection over personal property. Mm-hmm. And as a country, a, a young country with like a lot of quick success. Now is when, well, they they start going overseas, right? They had already expanded. They had already grabbed the entire country, right? All all the land. I mean, they had already robbed all the land Mm -hmm. uh, that they could, it feels like. Mm -hmm. And they just wanted more, more, more. That feels like capitalism to me. So let's take culture of money off. Okay. And... We can also fold um, uh, President McKinley into the McKinley tariff, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Um, or shouldn't it be McKinley? The tariff gets oh, folded yeah, into yeah, McKinley? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Because yeah. he, cause then he later was over presiding while the annexation happened. That's true. So That's true. Um, Lauren Thurston and Sanford B. Dole, I mean, they're part of this Hawaiian League. Right. Um, and they're, they both feel like equally, uh, well, this is a guilty, right. This is a classic, like, do we blame the group or do we blame the sort of, some of the names we know that sort of stick out? I mean, I think in this one, it's like you blame the entire group because it was pretty, it was a pretty small group Mm -hmm. and, those in the group, even if it wasn't these two, knew that they would benefit with these two as heads, right? So I feel like I feel like it was a lot of shared interests within the group. Okay, so let's let's take the guys off. And we're okay. folding. We're folding. We're folding them, them, in, them into the know? Hawaiian League. When no, we talk about we're the Hawaiian League, them no. For all <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> You're forgiven, Mister Dole. This committee of safety is so glaringly bad. Um, the Spanish-American War. I feel like that's more context. Yeah, yeah. contributor, but not totally. Yeah, I feel like we can cause. take that off. Um, which leaves us with the U.S. government, colonialism, capitalism, the Hawaiian League, the Committee of Safety, and President McKinley. It's interesting because capitalism, you know, it's the U.S.'s specific brand of capitalism, right? Where we're right. like... Here we are, like expanding, looking for you know, um, looking for uh, raw materials, mm-hmm. you know, air, places to uh, get cheap labor and that kind of thing. Uh huh. So you know, just to, I feel like we should put um, American interests to mm. when you, Chris, when you said like the the American brand of capitalism, it's like it's all under the guise of protecting. Like, did this happen to protect American interests, right? Mm. Which is such right. a vague, kind of hostile term. And it's yeah, it's the interest of the American business people. That's right to find interests. Colonialism too, right? I, That's like it is. Yeah. Well, I guess it, any can country be. can say we're protecting our own yeah. like sovereign sovereign interests. 
Why don't we change it from capitalism to uh, American interests? <laughs> I feel like yeah. that's understood. It's- sure. Here's the reason why I guess that I'm saying that too. It's like, we seem to be pretty hypocritical in that sense that we we love to tout how terrible terrible it is for other people to be doing what we've done since mm-hmm. the birth of our nation, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. even now we're denouncing what you know Russia's doing to Ukraine, but here we are doing a podcast about what we did to the now right. state of Hawaii, you know, and that's repeated itself. So yeah, it's like a, should we when not you say the brand of American <laughs> capital or colonialism? It's like it's the brand is like we're going to do this thing that we think is so wrong. Yeah. And then we're not going to talk about it and we're not going to tell you. Yeah. We'll we're going to pretend it like it didn't books. happen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. The classy thing for America to do is recuse ourselves from this, like the any conversation having to do with annexing one yeah. land. So what are we going to do here? We need power. to, we need to yeah, make a decision. Um, President McKinley can fold into the U S government. Sure. Okay. Or or vice versa. No, I think I mean you know it. it U.S. government I, I allowed it to happen. If you replace McKinley with any number of people at the time, I I think you'd probably get the same result. Mm-hmm. Right. I guess for the president, you know, for the annexation, it was sort of like it was already happening. It mm-hmm. was already happening. There were all these things that sort of. Right. And they're they're Led like they're senators it. required to you know they're like passing laws right and allowing this to happen which is you know it's not like the, the president just did an executive order and said mm. you're ours now like there's a lot of hands involved yeah so there, there's the Hawaiian League and then there's the Committee of Safety which is the militia that kind of formed that's the Committee of Safety I feel like that's after the fact right that comes later when they when they're starting to get concerned about the it's new like a queen few days before back. the Queen yeah yeah you know yeah. so it seems like that wasn't the in, that came later. Yeah, okay. it, it was. Yeah. So Reaction. The Hawaii, like we'll take the Committee of Safety off and we'll leave the Hawaiian League on. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we've got the U.S. government. U.S. Maybe we should call it U.S. colonialism and take off the government. That yeah, feels sure. more right okay. to me. And American interests. Because that implies. That, that's sort of. Yeah. We can take that off, too, because that's U.S. colonial. It kind of wrap, gets wrapped into U.S. colonialism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. My question is, I, this is what I, I'm leaning towards. It's either sending the Hawaiian League to the alarmist jail or col- U.S. colonialism. And then slapping the other. Whoever. I what feel do you think? like, well, I don't know. It's like who, who they're both like hand in hand. Like the U.S. Right. colonialism is like supporting also the Hawaiian League, which is like. Who, I don't know. Yeah. Who's first? Who's first? I mean, you, the Hawaiian League represents U.S. colonialism, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, right. And I guess for this particular, the, the only thing that I, I mean, this is really just a branding thing and, and semantics, but I don't like the word Hawaii being in anything we want to blame. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, well, yeah. I know, I know well, that the Hawaiian League It's like is the actually, Committee of Safety. It's the same yeah, thing. It's with, just a, yeah, these people, it should be the American League in Hawaii. You have it, I think you have on the sheet here, you have Hawaiian League in quotes, which I think might help. Uh, right. Air uh, quotes. Solve some her, of that. Yeah. yeah. The Hawaiian, you know. Sure. Yeah. You guys are Hawaiian. So we can air quote the Hawaiian League. Right. Um, and AKA Amer I, I just wanna we can just write AKA American League in Hawaii. <laughs> sure. 
Um, and then we'll slap U.S. colonialism. That's what we'll do. And then we'll probably talk to a guest expert who will clear up a lot of things. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to call it. U.S. colonialism, you're getting the big slap. The, quote, Hawaiian League, a.k.a. what I like to call the American League in Hawaii, you're going to the alarmist jail. And there you have it. We did it. A historical tragedy, a historical event that is rarely talked about in our history classes. Yeah, you just don't hear about not, this. Not with the, the kind of specificity. Mm-hmm. Um, there should be a five-hour documentary about this subject, and it should play on every plane going from mainland <laughs> America into Hawaii. That's right. Just I so you know where you're support going. Support that. Yes. <laughs> Just so you guys know. Yes. Like, on your way here, this is where you're. This is. The Absolutely. Land. They should do that. That's a great idea, Chris. Thanks. You know what? We're gonna call. We're gonna call some airlines. So <laughs> we gotta go because they we have gotta time call some right airlines. now. They're not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> After the overthrow. For years after her abdication, Lily Uokalani attempted to regain her family's land and receive restitution from the U.S. government. In 1911, nearly two decades after the overthrow of her monarchy, she was granted a lifetime pension from the territory of Hawaii. In 1993, the U.S. Congress adopted a joint resolution acknowledging that Native Hawaiians, quote, never directly relinquished their claim to sovereignty. The apology didn't change United States policy, though. They are the only indigenous group in the United States without political sovereignty. Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with fact-checking by Chris Smith and editing by Molly Hockey. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Alex Paul. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the Erios Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing Marvin Heemeyer's Bulldozer Rampage. Powered by ACAS. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.